We are live and welcome to the Football Index podcast once again. And today I have SG, well, that's what he's known as on Twitter, but I'm going to refer to him as Simon, which is his first name. He's been on Football Index for, for quite a long time now and uh, he's, he's got quite a large portfolio as well, one that he's built up over a, a significant period of time, as I've mentioned before. So, Simon, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi there. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me. Um yeah, so I started on for Football Index um, is to the day, just about January 2016. I found it on Twitter. They were doing sort of an advertising promo. I can't remember various uh, various sort of accounts that were cropping up, were talking about it. So I thought I'd check it out. Um, chucked in sort of a little bit of 50 quid or whatever and um, a bit of an experimentation and then it, it just sort of grew and grew. I was like, you can make some serious returns on this. So uh, why not invest a bit more? Um, and, and now here we are two years later and I've got pretty much uh, most of the money I own <laughs> sitting in Football Index making me a, a tidy sum month by month. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's sort of how I got into it. Oh, fair enough. I mean, that that is, uh, you've, you've definitely risked it all, but I, I think you've, you've, you've made the returns that, that kind of, you know, warrant that risk really to to some extent. You've 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 put your your balls on the line to to <laughs> as to speak, and uh, and and it's and it's returned really well for you. I mean, I, I was uh, I was plugging in quite a bit of money from my student loan when I realised how just like how much money you could make on here, which, which is obviously really great. And I mean, uh, we'll, we'll probably get right into the questions, Simon. Um, usually, I do a bit more of a, a lengthy introduction, but I don't want to bore our speakers too long, uh, especially with my voice. Um, but but well, I mean, you're, you're someone who speaks their mind quite freely on Twitter. You don't have a football index Twitter account as per se. You just have your your original personal account. But you, you tweeted something quite interesting about spreads recently, and, and so did a lot of us, and, and me included. What is your position or perspective or your opinion on how football index have, have kind of treated these spreads and, and how they've gone about kind of? Uh, kind of sorting out some of the issues that have been raised by people on Twitter um yeah so with regards to my account I'm not setting up a football index account I've, the only guys that follow me are work colleagues who get a bit annoyed with my football index rantings um but I'm not here to gain followers particularly I'm not here to sort of uh even say offer advice I'm a bit sort of out there with my uh my sort of recommend. I don't really recommend players. I don't want to go and advertise all of my players and stuff. It, it's up to making your own decisions. But there are some things where I, I like to be quite objective, and the spreads is, I guess, one of those. Um, a few months ago, before they announced the details on penny stocks, um, the market started crashing a little bit because everybody was um, sort of uncertain with what was going on, and that was the first sort of time that Football Index introduced this sort of widening of the spreads which at the time was a little bit scary, but it, in retrospect, it was a good idea because it, it stopped the crash when you were having to spend sort of uh, 10, 15% to close out your positions. And it, it, everything just sort of slowed down. People sort of realised what was going on and eventually Football Index made a statement about the penny stocks and it all sort of bounced back up. But now we're seeing it where it's happening on individual players, which I personally disagree with. So... The likes of Coutinho most recently. Um, I think everybody who owned him for the transfer hype knew that he was probably going to go to Barcelona and 
when he goes to Barcelona, I don't think anyone expected he would be worth sort of more than the five pounds he reached. Um, I don't think it's fair for Football Index to then put a huge spread on him. Everybody was was going to sell. It's not a sort of a sudden. It's not a sudden thing that no one was expecting. Everybody knew that this was going to come about. Everyone was holding him for the dividends. Everyone was going to sell when it was announced. That was that was expected. So it feels like Football Index were just sort of taking advantage of that and. That's not something that I feel they should interfere with. It should, if they're going to widen the spreads, it should be market wide to stop an entire panic. Everybody selling Christi- uh, everybody selling Coutinho is perfectly normal. It's, it's not a panic. It's that's how the market should work, and they should have left it alone, in my opinion. Yeah, I totally agree with a lot of what you've you've said. But I'm I'm going to try and play devil's advocate, even though I echo a lot of your thoughts. So, what do you make of people who who kind of rebuttal that statement to some extent with the fact that football index actually have to buy those futures back off people does is it is it actually fair that football index should be buying coutinho back off us the users at such a high price um i guess they've they're gonna make their margin i mean they've already sold it to us at a higher price than they'll be buying back at in every scenario they're always going to be making that little bit of spread. I, I don't blame them for trying to take a little bit more, but I think the problem with it is it's going to be inconsistent. It's always going to be inconsistent. The people that are first to the news are going to get out with a small spread and then Football Index will catch up and the people who are late to the news will not only suffer him having dropped 30, 40, 50 pence already, they'll then be slapped with like an additional 20, 30 pence on the spread on top of his drop already and it it just seems unfair. You then, rather than waiting for the news, you're waiting for Football Index to reduce the spread. If that will ever happen, you, you don't know. You're just left in a situation of sort of limbo where you don't know what's going on. I, I think it's the, the lack of transparency that makes it difficult. I don't I don't really mind Football Index trying to steal a, a few quid here or there. That's, that's fair enough. But without us knowing or knowing what's going on, it sort of makes it a bit difficult. Yeah, I, I totally agree, to be fair. Um, I think the, the transparency point that you raised is probably the most you know the, the most important thing i think if they were more transparent with the way they handled the spreads then it would be probably beneficial to the whole platform but to a lot of people who who do come back with that statement about you know certain players being protected i actually do agree with you that if it's going to be put on then do it market wide and there are a, a lot of markets out there, financial markets, that don't allow you to withdraw a deposit during times of uncertainty. So during Brexit, there were a lot of um, you know, uh, financial markets and, and trading markets that just didn't allow people to withdraw a deposit and actually some halted trading. So this happens like in real life as well, not just on Football Index. And that, that's what they, that, that is their right. They can, they can make the spreads as wide as they want to some extent. But I do agree, like there needs to be that transparency there and there maybe needs to be like a limit put in place in the terms and conditions. I've seen a, a lot of people advocate for that. Uh, do, do you agree with that as well? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they they can widen the spreads as much as they like, to be honest, but it just puts the whole market in a slowdown. Like, obviously, with Sanchez at £7, there's, there's a lot of us that have got him in the minute and I know I, for one, I'm worried that even if he goes to Man United, where I I think he he shouldn't really drop much, if at all, I'm still worried they're gonna just put a huge spread on him for no reason. Which, as much as I'm not really looking to sell, there will be people who are looking to sell, and it's not fair. And not knowing whether it's coming or not is the 
a difficult thing. I just think we need to know. We need to know whether this spread might arrive. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think that the main thing that kind of confuses me is if you go on Football Index's Cedars page, and, and that is where you know they, they raise their money through um, basically crowdfunding, they kind of pitch their business model as one that is centered around commission. And once you kind of like increase or decrease the amount of commission that you're you're gaining whether it's through the frequency of small commissions that you're making or smaller amounts of large commissions as they they are doing with like increasing the spread say on Coutinho as as, as we were just discussing it it's a bit it's a bit difficult to know which way makes the more money but i would say that like for the long term health of the market and football index keeping the spreads low could actually be a benefit for them and i mean i'm not like i've never spoken too intensely to, to anyone at football index about the spreads but I, I do actually think that you know longer term maybe short term they won't make as much money due to keeping the spread smaller but longer term i think it could actually benefit them yeah i definitely agree with that i think it's sort of just how people I don't think any. I don't think many people view the widening of the spreads as a as a good thing, and with it being inconsistent, it's it's certainly a, like I can't see many, I can't see the positive of it. If it becomes a structured thing and everybody knows what it's talking about and it's understood, then it can sort of be part of football index. People know what they're dealing with. But if the spreads are small, like if you'd imagine the spread had been kept the same on Coutinho, he might have dropped to three pounds like quick as a flash and that money would have probably gone instantly into Sanchez and various other places which Football Index would have made loads of money off you know they'd have made just as much money off people investing in new shares and eventually paying their two percent dividend on that player as they would have by making a big spread on a smaller number of trades selling Coutinho so I, I think in general they should they should try and keep it small I, I don't think they're really gaining much money by widening the spreads and they're damaging their reputation slightly by doing so yeah i mean it it's i think it's it's a it's just a subject that not everyone is always going to agree with in the football index twitter community and probably at football index as well like the management team probably don't all agree i mean i'm just assuming this probably don't yeah. all agree on how that commission structure yeah. should work uh, well, sorry, go on. What were you going to say? Yeah, no, I imagine you're right that there is probably a debate within the office. I mean, I, I work within the governing industry too, and I know that there are debates sort of higher up than my level of, you know, how big the spread should be, how big the margin should be. And, yes, you know, sometimes the higher-ups disagree with the people who are actually crunching the numbers sometimes. And um, I guess it's a hard it's a hard compromise to come to, but I just think that it should be it should be more transparent to the users like we are we are making the market yeah in the end um like we deserve to know what the situation is with the thing that we've got our money invested in <laughs> exactly exactly i think that's if 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 you're going to come away with with anything from this little segment on on the spreads is that as a user as someone who is part of football index like remember without any users this product wouldn't work and and they they you know the actual business model just just wouldn't be it just wouldn't function so we, we do kind of have a right in terms of how that spread works i think the 
the transparency issue is is something that they need to to rectify in the in the short to to midterm future. I was I was just going to actually piggyback on your on your just on your point about working in the gambling industry. So talk to us a bit about that because uh, I, I mean I know I wanted to keep introductions short but that that is something that's definitely interesting because i mean working in the gambling industry i believe in some sort of analytical role um i'm a i'm basically a football odds compiler for an online okay. company that that most of you won't have heard of and i won't mention for i'm not trying to advertisers or anything um <laughs> but so yeah it's a lot of sort of um statistical research on how good players are scoring goals you know corners bookings all of those sorts of i mean the who wins the matches is a is a huge market that is hard to beat. Um, but the things like corners and the goal scorers are more subjective. Um, you can you can you know you can get an edge. You can have more of a, an opinion on on those sort of things, and you can beat the market on those things. So they're the things that I sort of look into. And obviously, goal scorers ties in a lot with football index and knowing who scores lots of goals uh, helps helps to pick good players in football index. For um, sure, for sure. So yeah, I've, I've been interested in sort of gambling since I was, you know, sort of early teens, and football index just came along. I was like something a bit different. Uh, let's give it a go, and you know, it's 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 an alternative to betting. I mean, if you know, people, some people are really good at betting and they can make a lot of money, but you can also lose a, a lot of money. And I would say the thing football index has going for it is it's very hard to lose a lot of money, <laughs> like especially with the growing market. Even if you invested in, you know, some pretty bad picks with the constant, because it's still in its youth, you you're still unlikely to lose much money, <laughs> even if you pick a bad player. I think that's part of the joy of getting in, involved at the minute. It's it's still young, and you know, it's hard to lose. Yeah, I, I totally uh, echo those sentiments as well. Have uh, give give us an, a kind of an example of uh, probably not maybe players that you own right now, but in the past where your kind of expertise in that kind of uh, analytical area has has helped you on on football index. Um, previously, obviously before performance buzzed, it it wasn't so helpful because um, <laughs> it's all just about the media and the news, and you just pick every United player that was going. Um, <laughs> But nowadays, it, it helps sort of the foreign players, the Italian league and stuff. So, you know, week in, week out, I'll be doing the odd, the odd game from the Italian leagues or La Liga. And you come across the players that uh, that score 35, 40% of goals for that team. And they're the guys that interest me. Like the players that are capable of a hat-trick every now and again, they're the ones I like. I mean, I know people talk about baselines and all that, and I don't. That's not really what I'm interested. I'm interested more in the players that that can score two or three goals. That's what it's going to take to win half the time, especially once we've got all these IPOs in. And those are the players that that attract my uh, my attentions. Yeah, no, I, I think a lot of people are split on that. It, it is one of those debates that will keep raging on until probably I think you're right until all the IPOs are in, and then the cream kind of raises like rises to the top. And uh, we we really do see what who are going to be the the you know the the players that dominate uh, performance buzz. But uh, just, mo- just moving on to that from that point, I think you mentioned Sanchez a little earlier, and I, I mentioned before we started this podcast that we probably speak about him a little bit because he is you know the hot topic at the moment on the index. 
mistakes. And I know I don't like, I don't think I've ever kind of put a lemonade stand up about a player, but um, I thought we'd, we'd kind of give, try and give it a balanced approach to, to why to hold and why to sell Alexis Sanchez. So uh, why don't you kick us off? Sure. Um, I think transfers are difficult part of football in Lakes. Over summer, I lost almost all of the money that I'd gained in the previous 12 months um, on various transfer rumours. <laughs> so I learned a big lesson there. And I, I've i only owned Sanchez since sort of, uh, yesterday, which would be Monday. Um, <laughs> so I haven't had him a long time, but I still think it, it all depends on where he goes. If he goes to United, I obviously there will be people who sell because people that's what they do they think when it's announced you sell the transfer rumor that's that's how the index seems to work it gets announced you sell um but with sanchez it's he's moving from a big club in the prem to another bigger club in the prem it he literally will win sort of 70 80 percent of the the media dividends for you know the next three or four weeks probably um so I can see him dipping a little bit and then when people realize oh actually he's just gonna keep winning and winning he'll probably just recover um I I, I wouldn't blame anybody for, for selling necessarily uh, this is this is all based on the fact that he goes to United if he doesn't go to United obviously it's, it's a huge it's a huge crash and everybody's <laughs> fighting to get to that sell button um if he goes to United he I can see him just staying stable and people who own him reap the dividends and people who don't you know they've hopefully made a little bit of profit on him yeah i mean it, it is i think it's it's probably a stranger one i wonder what price he'd be if lukaku hadn't taken a, a big nosedive from about 650 to, to about four 450 i think to, to comment on that the difference between that i think a lot of people have set a precedent with um with Lukaku and I don't think it's as similar because one you're going from as we, as you mentioned a big club to a bigger club or the biggest in England two it is you know Wenger Mourinho that's an ongoing rivalry and it's also Arsenal Man United there's precedent there as well with Robin Van Persie etc and there's also the the ongoing Mesut Ozil rumours as well who knows where he could end up as an Arsenal fan hopefully not in a Manchester United shirt because that would not be very good uh, but again there's just, there's just so much hype around this and you can kind of see this reflected in the buzz scores like I think he's hit 3,000 plus three times in a row which is absolutely insane I mean and, and just to, to comment on your point again about when players win a lot of media buzz they will increase in price if he does take a dip the next few days after that will be kind of you know that his media returns will completely reflect on the, the price action afterwards if he does go on to dominate media for like the next seven to ten days after the move then people are going to buy back because let's be honest people are like obsessed with winning dividends and that's the reason that people buy players on football index so that is going to you know, that is going to be what makes the market move. If he does return a lot of buzz, like you can just imagine, I said it on Twitter, like what would happen if he scored on his debut? It'd just be insane. Like the amount of hype behind this story and this transfer, potential transfer. I mean, when this goes out on Sunday in like six days, it could be done or, you know, he could be 
Paris, whatever. Uh, we don't know, but we're just we're just kind of speculating. But um, so yeah, g- give me some. Uh, we, we spoke quite quite positively so far. Give me give me some some negatives as well. What happens if Manchester United don't really perform well? We see some quite groggy nil nils and and etc. Give me give me the give me the flip side to to Alexis Sanchez. Sure. Um, well, again, we're assuming he goes to United. If he <laughs> if he doesn't perform well, you can already tell by the the sort of buzz scores he's getting. As you mentioned, like he's approaching four thousand, and we're sort of eight o'clock tonight. Um, it's these are sort of numbers that you don't usually see, and they weren't reached with the likes of Lukaku. Um, I think it just shows the draw of the media towards this sort of story and. It will continue whether whether he performs or or whether he doesn't. I think certainly for the next month or so. Um, I think if if he performs really well, you know his his price will probably go up a bit. If it doesn't, it's just going to be a steady drop of people slowly selling off until he. I mean, obviously his price is probably still slightly overinflated by the transfer rumor and the fact that it's a new a new sort of story and a new transfer. If you know, a couple of months' time, I wouldn't expect him to be so expensive because the media hype will have died down. But how much dividend is he going to return in that time? He could easily, he could easily return a, a pound in dividends over the next sort of month or two. Um, it's, it's sort of difficult to say. I'd say <laughs> I don't. There really is, without sounding too biased, there's not much downside. If he joins United, I really can't see much downsides. I mean, the downside at the minute is he doesn't go. In which case, it's He's, he's literally down to three or four quid before you know it. And <laughs> I mean, part of your investment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, there are just so many variables. I think you mentioned there, like after two months, media buzz drying up. But then, I mean, again, playing devil's advocate, United are in the Champions League. He's eligible. Oh, eligible, sorry, to, to, to play in the... Cha- <laughs> Weird way of saying the word. Uh, he's eligible to play in the Champions League. So, I mean, you can imagine that you know, in two months' time, if he's scoring in the Champions League, there's not many players that are going to be him short of a Messi Ronaldo hat trick or a or a, you know Raheem Sterling last minute winner or some. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of players that could pip him in the, in the Champions League. It does completely depend on those performances, doesn't it? Uh, when he or if uh, again by Sunday. You know, when this comes out, he could very well be in a Manchester United shirt, and we uh, we're, we're already speaking in the past. But he, he could very well perform really well and, and win even performance buzz. I mean, he's he's won that before with uh, with with half decent scores. So there's so many variables, impossible to say really. I mean, anything else you want to add before we we move on? Um, no, no, not really. I think I mean, like you say, the the media is the main draw for me. I don't think his performance goes. Or down particularly based on the move um it's just how long this media rumbles on and i don't think you're if he goes to man united you're not going to be left in a decision you know you're not going to be given a difficult decision whether you want to yeah. buy uh, to sell or not it's just going to be a steady thing of right this media is slowing down i'm i'm going to get out now i'm sure there'll be plenty of people still sort of willing to buy it, it, it shouldn't be any sort of panic situation i can't imagine if that transfer goes through Let's uh, hope so for for everyone holding. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure those who are not holding are hoping that it it kind of just dies down as soon as possible. But I mean, it's kind of good in a way for the whole market. Sorry to to stay on Sanchez. It's, It's slightly different, really, because it actually means that 
other transfer rumours gain a bit more traction. I mean, we've seen massive rises in, in Mkhitaryan, obviously rumoured to go the other way. Um, and uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang to, to Arsenal, that's that's what's being reported. Uh, I mean, even like Andy Carroll's gone up 20p because he's linked to Chelsea, for God's sake. So <laughs> when, when there are those massive rises uh, and there's still money in cash balances, then sometimes people use comparative value and, and say, well, you know, if if, uh, if if Alexis Sanchez has gone up that much, then how far can Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang go up? Yeah, some of these things really confuse me. That I mean, for the, I think Barkley is a is a prime example. I mean, it's dragged on from the summer, but he went up a pound based on the fact that he was probably going to move, and he now has moved. He didn't he didn't even win any media, and he's he's still floating up like a pound higher than he was last summer. <laughs> and I I don't know what people a lot of people jump on the rumor, and I don't really know what they they expect from it. I don't know. I I I often they often go so much higher than I expect, and I think you've mentioned the same. Yeah, um, they always go higher than you think, and they always yeah. drop lower than you think. I I just don't understand what what people expect. Like, if you've managed to get a fifty p rise out of Ross Barkley, for example, he, he hasn't even won. He hasn't returned any dividends. Why why haven't you like sold? <laughs> that, that's just my thinking. Um, and the same is true for Mkhitaryan. I can't see Mkhitaryan winning any media buzz. Like, what article is he going to be mentioned in that Sanchez isn't going to be mentioned in? Sanchez is just going to beat him every single time for the next few weeks. So uh, it's sort of a longer term. Yeah, sure, if he's at Arsenal, he might, you know, get a bit of news that he wouldn't have got. But I, I don't think the rises are warranted in the lesser players. Sanchez is just going to take all of the news for the next week and all the other transfers are just you know you might get one buzz dividend it's not worth a pound increase in his price yeah i i mean it, it is it is the speculation that people love i think it's uh it's it's you buy into the into the rumor rather than the if we if we look at the players as assets like the utility of the asset um they're actually not going to be potentially they might not be much use in in terms of media dividends i mean i don't think anyone who's buying andy carroll is buying them for for return in terms of media buzz they're, they're probably buying them for that price increase and trying to trade out yeah, of the yeah. speculation so they, the sort of thing is it's like football and it's set in its ways where people know that if someone is rumored to go somewhere their price is going to go up loads and sometimes i just don't understand why that happens it's just everybody thinking that everybody else will buy I just wonder if eventually people will realize that actually we, you know, just nobody buy. There's no, you know, there's nothing to gain from buying him. Like, I, mean, I just that... wonder if that will happen ever. I, I often find myself <laughs> thinking that, like, will it just come to, because especially the players that are less than a pound now, so you can't even win media dividends. Like, for example, Coquelin, he was rumored to go, or well, he's gone to Valencia <laughs> now, hasn't he? You, yeah. Literally no chance of getting any, anything out of him. So, are people just buying him, assuming other people will buy him, and then assuming other people will buy him? Uh, will that just die down and people realise that it's just it's not worth anything? Or will people think, oh, somebody else? I don't know. I find that very interesting, the, the, the thought of the market. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a very opinionated and opinion-driven market. And, and so are, like, most uh, markets, really. Like, if a lot of people think one thing and a lot of people put money into that same... So if you've got a thesis of, like, right... I'm going to put money into every player 
that could move because I think their price will go up. If yeah. you start doing that and a lot of people have the same thesis, it's going to like create this big uh, you know, transfer rumor frenzy that we do have on Football Index where prices just do fly up. And sometimes, as you said, they are for potentially very little to no dividends returns. And I mean, but, but that is kind of the beauty of it uh, uh, to kind of to offer a, a more positive sentiment because <laughs> you've been quite damning. Of, of, uh, <laughs> no, no, of, don't uh... get me wrong. If everybody knows that's how it works, then it's, it's a good way to make money. You know, everybody seems to know that the transfer rumor makes the price right, so everybody buys. But I just wonder if that will eventually stop happening it's just i mean i mean i'd, I'd be i'd be very <laughs> i'd be very surprised if if, if by the rumor sell the news ever ever died on on a on a, on a market as crazy as this yeah uh well i mean uh again we'll move on because uh we've, we've been on sanchez for, for for a fair bit now and uh, again this is uh you know referring to, to a tweet that i saw you put out the other day about I think it was actually uh, Football Index SOTD that's that's been on the show before, who who tweeted about average price, and and you are a, a, a stark, a, a firm believer in this in this thesis as well. So so talk to us about why <laughs> why average price does not matter, Simon. Um, okay, yeah, this is this is something that a lot of traders, I think new and old, um, get a bit caught up in. Um, average price. I think people just like looking at all the green numbers in front of them and thinking, well, wow, this player is five pounds now and I've got him for two pounds 50. And it's all about sort of vanity and uh, look at how good my portfolio looks. But realistically, it's the sort of thing you've got to try and ignore when you're making the decision on what to do next. Um, His price in the past has no sort of bearing on where it's going to go in the future. Um, So for example, like Rashford is quite a good one in my case. I've got a few Rashford at quite a bit more expensive than he is now. And I don't mind that he's at a loss. I, I think sort of that into consideration. It doesn't matter what I paid for him. It's whether he's worth more or less than he is now. That's what I'm going to base my decision on. Um, and that's what you should do for all the players. It, it doesn't matter what you paid for them. Is whether you think they're worth more or less than they are now. That's all you have to think about. Um, and, and too many people think, oh, I, I, I'm gonna, I don't want to sell him because he's at a loss, or I yeah. do want to sell him because I don't like seeing the reds. You've just got to ignore that. That's not relevant. I, I think the, the best way that I try to explain this, or the logic behind this, is if you have a player and they're at a loss, the value of that player is now the value someone is willing to buy him at, i.e. the buy price, right? So if you have a player that you bought at £4 and he's now £3.50, that player is now worth worth £3.50. And say if you have 100 of him, you're, you're down £50. You don't have £400 that you originally had. You now have £350 worth of that player. So when people talk about cutting your losses, yes, you are cutting your losses, but you're actually selling a player for... 100 futures of a player for 350 pounds so in terms of like using that cutting your losses uh statement it is you are cutting your losses but you're actually just selling uh, an asset for a price that someone's willing to pay if you think that asset or player could rise then you don't sell if you think he's going to fall you do sell i mean if he's 350 and you think he could go down to 320 
then why wouldn't you sell? But if you think that the downside is 320, but the upside is, say, 30, then that risk is probably worth holding on to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, two people could be making the same trade, selling at selling at 350. One person could be cutting the losses, while the other could be taking a £2 profit. Exactly. Neither of, neither of them would be making a better trade than the other. They'd be making identical trades. Um based on the future performance it it you know it doesn't it doesn't matter whether you're at a loss or at a profit it's all about the current price and the future price the, the past price doesn't matter <laughs> just ignore it yeah i think a lot of people ask me why i try and work out profit using my current portfolio worth and bank balance and that's because that's what my portfolio is worth now not what i like bought it at uh i'm sure you you probably agree with those sentiments as well yeah absolutely i mean some people some people I I mean a lot of people sort of I know sort of base their trades like when they're flipping players, particularly in the transfer room, it's like, oh, I'm just happy to sort of get ten percent and you know, if it reaches ten percent I'll close out. It's it's sort of fine to have that strategy. But in the cases of like um Sanchez, like he's gone at two pounds, which is I mean, what's the best part of forty percent. Um if you know there's don't close out after ten percent if it's quite obvious he's just going to keep going and going and going. You've got to, you've got to take each. You've got to, you know, think about what's going to happen in the future. You, you can't just be blind and stick to exactly your own rules. You've got to analyze each price and think about what's going on and what might change his price. It's, it's not worth thinking about what you paid in the past. It's worth thinking about the future. Yeah, I, I do think a lot of people get. So if you have a player at one pound and he rises to two pounds people are often more hesitant to pull the trigger or on that sell button if that player then drops like 20p to 180 and say if you bought at 150 and he's gone up to two pounds and you've got that smaller profit margin you might be more eager to pull that sell button quicker because you're scared of the value going back to the buy price whereas the decision should actually be identical is is basically what you're saying yeah, people think the sort of the green profit they made on the on the player is a bit of a cushion. Like they're sort of happy to let him drop back down to what they bought him at. Whereas you know they shouldn't be. If if he's going to drop, he's going to drop. You should sell him no matter what you bought him for. <laughs> uh, fair enough. And uh, yeah, before we, we we get on anyone's nerves about uh, hammering home this this average price logic, uh, I'll, I'll move on to, to to a little part of the show where I like to pick out some some tweets. And uh, feel free if if you've got any that that you quite liked using the the football index. Hashtag and this is one from from Bonza Betts who actually came on the first ever episode of the Football Index podcast. So it's so a big shout out to him because uh, so far we've come. And it reads: I've picked up some Zlatan futures, dropped to one pound twenty eight, and although the media have had little interest in him since his return and increased competition to get back in the starting eleven, I feel he's still got the potential to return two pounds plus given he takes his opportunities. Hashtag Football Index. Very risky, high risk, high reward here, Simon. Um, I'd certainly say high reward, and I wouldn't actually even say that high risk. I think he's not gonna, he's probably not gonna suddenly drop. Uh, I mean, do, do you not think? He's not gonna sorry, do, do you, just to just to drop in on that about the the drop potential dropping. Just again, I'm trying to play devil's advocate so we have a, a, a balanced argument. Do you think the the MLS rumors are anything to worry about then? Um, or is that part of the risk? Yes, of course. Yes, of course. That's part of the risk. Um, I guess it depends how how quick you are to the news. 
but I, I think there's a he's obviously very old and there's a good chance he has very few minutes left in him for Man United and he's, he's not going to rise at all if he doesn't get back to playing for them um but if he does then yeah he could potentially reach two pounds uh if he goes to the MLS then you've just got to get out quick you're not going to lose too much so long as you're paying attention so I think if you own him you are going to hopefully pay attention to what's going on with him um I mean I wouldn't necessarily advise against it but you know it's it's an outside shot that he gets back in the United team I think yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to like rule him out because the the man is 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 quite the monster, isn't he? Um, yes. I, I can see both, but I can see both sides to it really. Uh, that the risk, obviously, inherently being there with potential move to the MLS, and also his tendency to move on quite quickly from teams. I mean, if you look at his history, he hasn't really stayed like three, four years, I think. So. With that being said, that that's obviously the inherent risk that you could move out of the top five leagues. And also injury as well. I mean, he's, he's had a little bit of a layoff now. He could get injured. The plus side, of course, Manchester United still have to play a lot of games this season. He could, could come out of retirement. You never know for the World Cup. So that those are the the, the plus sides to, to create quite a, quite a, a balanced argument. The, the next one comes from uh, Football Index Buzz or Football Index LM who came on the show a, a few weeks ago and quite a funny gif if you want to have a look at it it is um kind of like a some sort of weird cartoon is clearly buzzing out their face uh and the the, the uh the tweet is performance buzz is my drug and that celta gold just gave me my latest hit hashtag oh, yes, messy now, yes. hashtag football <laughs> index yeah you know the one uh very very funny tweet so uh yeah, talk, talk to us about the, the the performance buzz drug and what it's done to uh, football index. Yeah, it's um, it's fantastic in reaching the wider market. I mean, people, that's what the real football sort of punters, so to speak, want. They want a player that they can cheer on a match day. Um, they they want you know someone they can watch and and hope they make loads of passes and score loads of goals, which you you didn't really have so much before performance buzz came in. Um, it's also good that it's it's sort of never. It's never really decided uh, until you know the last game is finished. There's always the chance of a last-minute goal that, that ruins you. Or I think it just makes football index much more exciting, which is obviously a huge benefit to reaching a wider market, which we all want it to do, so that the, the entire platform grows. Yeah, definitely. I think performance buzz is, in my opinion, probably the best thing that's happened to the platform. It makes it more accessible to the average football fan. It's going to be better if or when this product moves abroad. I think um, I think performance buzz is something that just it, it's just like it was always going to eventually come in my my opinion, and I think it's probably if anything going to become more of a factor. A lot of people talk about like uh, you know having triple media all the time, and and whilst I'm not surprised if football index implements some sort of more like larger media payout i think performance is now where it's at where the hype is at least and and in the future i think it makes sense for football index from a business standpoint to kind of make that a larger part of the product yeah i'd absolutely agree with that i mean i myself always been i've sort of um described myself as someone just reaping the returns of the media buzz and not not liking the the 
the sort of lottery that is the performance buzz, but even I've come around to it. Uh, I tweeted a few days ago about how in January I haven't won any media buzz and I've won like almost a thousand pounds in in performance buzz, even despite saying that I, I prefer media. But uh, <laughs> I think that's the way it's going. Like at the minute, the the payouts for performance are are ridiculously high, considering the competition is still relatively low. It, it's still, you know, it's still sort of the na- the same names that are cropping up near the top. Um, once we get the whole squads from all the five leagues in, you are going to get that defender that scores the goal that that you know ruins the favourite, and you know that midfielder that scores a hat trick, and it's going to be less predictable, and it's it's going to be more of lottery and you're going to get more names that people have never heard of and, and Football Index won't be paying any dividends that day. Um, but it's certainly the more exciting aspect of Football Index and it's the part they need to concentrate on to grow the business. I think I'd agree with that, definitely. Lovely. Good that we're, we're both in agreement. And nice to hear that you've uh, changed your tune as well. Uh, good stuff. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, when the facts change, you, so can your opinion. That's that's what I like to say on this Indeed. show. And uh, I mean, the fact is that you've made nearly a thousand pounds in performance buzz this month. So, yeah, I mean, I guess your opinion's been swayed. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just take money talks <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, next one here, I'm gonna go with someone called Footy Index Sam. He says, Made a mistake by selling Mares too early, although for a profit, I bought with the intention to hold for longer than I have. Lesson to be learned you buy for a reason, stick to it. And I, I want to say first off that, uh, it you know, a lot of people say profit is profit, and uh, I, I you know, I like to elaborate on, on certain points and did make a video recently about why selling early isn't, in fact, it can actually work for you. You always want to sell early rather than late. Um, what, what are your thoughts on on this kind of situation about people being gutted that they sold too early? Um, yeah, it's, you're, you're almost always going to miss sort of the peak. Uh, it's, it's hard. You know, it's impossible to get it right every time. Uh, you're going to sell and he's going to go up a little bit. O- only one person will sell at the highest price. Um, so you can't, you can't really regret it. It's, it's just a matter of, I think that's what you've got to learn is, is how high they go, how, how much higher they go than you initially thought they might. If, if you've got a target and the news, I think it depends on the news really. If the news changes and it makes you think you need to sell, then, then have no regrets. If, if the news the news doesn't change then you've got to sort of have a price in mind at which you're looking to sell um i don't think you can really regret it you've just got to move on there'll be there'll be loads you get wrong there'll be there'll be a few you get right but so long as in general you're making a small profit along the way then you've got to try not to have regrets yeah for sure it's not about winning every single trade it's about yeah having more winners than losers really and that that kind of brings us on to, to probably the final tweet I'll, I'll, I'll talk about and this is sold my abami and this is by from football index ai alan cooper uh sold my abamiang shares having bought at one pound 89 wish i'd had more but amazing return on this investment in just a few days if he's worth is he sorry is he worth much more than three pounds twenty at Arsenal when Aguero and Morata are that price. Hashtag football index. So yeah, great, great trade by this guy. Um, whether or not Aubameyang goes up or not, or down, sorry, up or down remains to be seen. But one pound eighty nine to three pounds twenty—that's something that you just you just can't 
Yeah, that's fantastic. You, you can't, can't argue with. I mean, you can't, you can't regret that. Even if it goes up an extra 50p <laughs> or whatever, you you've got to just be happy with that and and move on and reinvest that somewhere else. I mean, the transfer rumours is it's a it's a crazy time off of Bolton, mm. and uh, we all know he's not going to be he's not going to be that high for that long if he goes to to Arsenal unless he starts banging in hat tricks every week. What what, um, what if he what if he does start scoring hat tricks every week for my beloved Arsenal? If he does, yeah, I mean it's going to be a Salah situation, isn't it? I mean, oh, Salah obviously settled after the move at whatever he did, and then top goal scorer in the Prem uh, or whatever, and uh, goes Salah Salah Salah. No 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 precedent for Salah was there because no exactly. But he just he just he's just completely exploded onto the scene. I think him and Raheem Sterling have been the real surprises. Whereas uh, you know, Raheem Sterling was really like the whipping boy of the football index Twitter community last year. <laughs> now it's him and Salah being I mean, if the season stopped right now, you'd you'd have Mohamed Salah as the um player of the year in my opinion and Raheem Sterling as the young player of the year. So uh I, th- I think they've they've done extremely well in real life. And isn't it great that you know real life performances are reflecting on uh, prices on football index as well as dividend returns. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's how it should be, isn't it? You you want players that are visibly performing well to increase in price, and and you make a profit off it. That's that's sort of how how this thing should work. Um, it's obviously a little bit less less uh, obvious on the really cheap, cheap players and the players in the foreign leagues that perform well, but go sort of unnoticed, but. I think that will change as more users come on board, and if you've got a sort of an undiscovered gem in the in the sort of the, the Bundesliga or whatever, if if he puts in a few good performances, he he will, you know, you should get your returns, you should get your rewards for uh, for holding him if you if you spoil him early. I, hopefully, that's that's sort of where football index goes, and those sort of uh, younger players and, and sort of undiscovered players, you know, you, you can make a fair bit of money off those. Hopefully. Yeah, I think there's there's so much scope for for what could happen. It is only two years old. Me and you are lucky that we've we've been there from nearly like the the very beginning. Like, luckily for us, really, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but I, I still I still think it's it's a great opportunity for anyone who wants to get involved now. I, I really don't think it's it's too late. A lot of people who keep messaging me saying like, is it is it too late? And I just say, you know look at player x y and z look at sanchez Aubameyang, and uh mkhitaryan look at their price graphs and if you'd put in 100 quid into each like a week ago then you'd be very healthily up yeah sure definitely i mean um it's the prices i think are sort of the increases might be sort of slowing down in general across the board but even it's just player by player one player can go up a pound in this week and then another player can go up a pound the next week it's it sort of reached that situation where it's it, money's coming out of one player and going into another. If you pick the right players, it, it's always an opportunity. Profit is you don't even need the growth of the platform, which you know is steadily still growing. Um, even without that, there's there's always opportunities that you don't even need to get. I feel like the getting on early part isn't even really a huge part of it. It's picking the right players, really. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, that hashtag always opportunities uh really exactly, really, yeah. really does need to go mainstream and i'm uh you know sh- shouting out uh football index rc once more uh he- he's always one to uh one to throw that hashtag out so uh, he's not too bad not too bad uh not too bad a bloke um last last thing i want to kind of talk about 
before before I let you go, really, Simon, is um, you know where where do we go from here with Football Index? Where do you want to see the the product evolve? Uh, what do you think they're doing well? What do you think is going badly? I suppose we've we've kind of talked this about this throughout the whole show, but you kind of kind of summarize it for us. Like, what what kind of features do you want to see implemented? And yeah, where where are we going? Um, I would like to see a bit of an improvement um, towards the sort of interface in terms of being able to sort your portfolio. I mean, I've got 35 players now, which is more than I've ever had. And when my portfolio drops by a couple of hundred quid, I can't even tell who's who's falling down. I, it's just too many players to look at to work out who's dropping. So it'd be nice to have a sort of, uh, I'm sure many people have said it before, but you can sort your portfolio by daily, daily up and downs and the watch list obviously doesn't work. I think in a larger sense, um, I think the sort of Twitter, the stuff they produce on Twitter is really good. The sort of infographics regarding the, the buzz winners and stuff. I like that they're not trying to be like all the other bookies who tweet videos of stupid stuff. Um, they need to be a, a little bit more professional, a little bit different. I think they're, they're quite good at that and they need to keep that up. Um, just expanding new new countries they've always talked about it i mean been around for a while and i heard it right from the start that there's going to be new territories there you know, it's <laughs> it's not quite materializing i'm, I'm no, sure not yet it will eventually and i guess that's something we've got to look out for it, it it's just going to grow and grow how long it takes i don't know but you know the sooner the better for us i just hope yeah. sort, of sort out sort of the website before they onboard that's <laughs> something i was worried about beforehand when they just started onboarding loads of players uh, new customers and stuff before it was really ready and i was like sort out sort out the website before you get loads of people on but it's not too bad it's not too bad i just hope they can uh, keep up with the uh the new customers and uh, improve the website a little i guess yeah i, th- I think it's th- the platform is the best it's ever been I've seen a few people tweeting like when when is this going to be available in Ireland and stuff like that, which is you know great to see that, that there's interest from from other territories. I think that will be kind of I'm guessing I have no information here by the way that that will be the kind of the first uh, realm of expansion, and and then we'll see where we go. Really, um, I, I think this this product could be incredible we could be talking about this in two years time and looking at it as like the probably the best decision some some people have made in, in terms of investing on here and uh, I, I think what i would say about the growth currently i think it's, it's definitely growing faster than it ever has i think i'm, I'm getting more followers and, and more subscribers on my channel more listeners on my podcast than i ever have and, and a good way to gauge how many users are there uh, there are sorry is is to, to kind of gauge the interest in something and the more interest there is in something the more money there is in that's usually kind of how a market works yeah as i mentioned before i think there's obviously still huge value to be had and whilst there's value some people you know people are gonna seek it so there's room to grow in the whole market and as if they get more you know reach ireland etc then you know it will just grow so still a great time to be involved and uh just fingers crossed they uh they do the right thing and you know go the right places but you know i'm very hopeful that they will i think they know that they know what they're doing and uh like you said it's it is a really good idea i i can't yeah. imagine anyone who likes football who wouldn't be interested uh I, I think that's what attracted me to it most like it's the sort of who wouldn't like this there are people you know throwing away 10 pound a day on hackers that are never gonna win uh you know what's better doing that or just like owning a few shares in a player that you really yeah. know, that you can watch 
every week. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really good product. And uh, obviously, as we, we've seen over the last two years, it's, uh, it's growing and growing. Yeah, incredible, pro- uh, incredibly profitable, sorry. And just a great pro- uh, product in general, uh, you know, personally speaking. And I'm sure a lot of you listening would, would agree. But uh, as as Adam Cole, the CEO, would say, onwards and upwards. And I think we'll probably leave it at there, Simon. So if you want to, you know, before you get off and, and do what you want to do, uh, just tell people uh, where they can find you and, uh, yeah, sign off. Uh, yeah, no problem. I, I'm not. I'm not looking for followers. If if you follow me, you'll just probably get annoyed by my arguing with your opinions. Um, but if you search <laughs> for if you search for SG, uh, my it's it's at Cy Gaskell. That's S I G A S K E L L. Generally, tweet about how much money I'm making by just leaving my money. Sign football index. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Give me a follow if you like. I'm happy to answer any questions. Um, like. I know quite a bit about the the media, but as I know, a lot of people have questions about how it works. Um, yeah, you, you are really how that works, and that's <laughs> sort of where I would say my expertise lies. Perhaps I, I have um, nearly tagged you. I have nearly tagged you in a few tweets when people are asking about um, some of the media stuff because even I don't really know, but you seem to have it completely yeah, locked so down. If people have any questions, like I feel like I know, I understand the index, and I am happy to answer any questions. Um, so yeah, just just hit me up. Nice, yeah. So anyone who's got any any queries about why certain players are scoring certain points in terms of media buzz, Simon is your man to to ask. And and yeah, he's been here from the start, so I'm sure he can he can guide you if you have any any particular questions. But if if you're up for a you know for kind of a, a pub argument and. Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah you should definitely follow him uh but yeah th- thanks everyone for for listening I'm, I'm hoping that you've uh enjoyed some of the insights uh I, I i usually don't talk about particular players but when i do or when we do on this show i try and give kind of a balanced approach to it whether or not they go up or down in price or return dividends or, or not but uh yeah as usual thanks thanks for listening and uh, subscribe to the podcast subscribe to my youtube channel and come on like if you are enjoying this if if this is making your commute qu- uh, quicker and uh more fun then and do leave a review it really helps me rank this podcast higher and get that football index name out there which is what we want thanks for listening everyone